Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And my goodness gracious, I've had to start over so many times because I am a buffoon. So let's get right into it because we have lots of stuff to go over and a little bit of time to get it in. Uh, so I want to try and get this done in under 30 minutes so that you guys can carry on through your weekend or whatever day you're doing and you don't have to listen to me yammering on. But instead of things that I like this week, I'm going to do a a person that I like. And I like Mark from the UK. He's a Patreon supporter. Hi, Mark. Uh, He, in an email, uh, suggested or mentioned, I should say, two uh, documentaries. One is Who Killed the Electric Car? And the other is Revenge of the Electric Car. I haven't seen either one of these. This is not a recommendation for me anyway. However, I have a plane trip coming up, and I'm going to download both of those movies and watch them on the plane. Mark also, uh, in his email to me, mentioned that there is a EV in the car park uh, event tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Now, I realize that I am telling you this on Friday night, and people in the U.K. are probably already sleeping by the time I'm recording this. But it's at the Ace Cafe in London, which I understand is a very famous place for cars in London. Ace Cafe London, North Circle, excuse me, North Circular Drive. So I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in doing that. It's again tomorrow, the 9th of February from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll put a link to the Eventbrite uh, notification in the show notes. One of the other things Mark uh, suggested that I talk about is, well, there was three things. Uh, Waymo experience, what's my experience as riding in a Waymo? The Fry's Electronics, what is that exactly? And the 2170 batteries, um, he had uh, a thought on that. And we'll talk more about that later even. But my Waymo experience is not great. Uh, the, the Waymo is a very cautious driver, but because it's cautious, uh, you know, it, it makes me car sick. So I'll explain why, uh, if there's a, if, so the Waymo has a a distance, a minimum distance that's following cars. Let's say it's 20 feet. I don't know what it is, but let's pretend it's 20 feet and the car in front, 20 feet in front of the Waymo van slams on its brakes 
in my experience, the Waymo slams on its brakes. So if it was a regular driver, that regular driver would just coast to, you know, a, a stop. He's got 20 feet or she's got 20 feet to stop the car. The Waymo is a little bit more aggressive in stopping, which I understand why, because they don't want to get in an accident and it's a computer uh, driving the car. Um, but other things like changing lanes or trying to get into certain parking lots, th- that kind of thing, the the van is not, uh, because it's so cautious, it's not great at those things. So if it's trying to move merge into a different lane, for instance, and this is all done on surface streets, if it's trying to merge into a, a, the right lane and a car comes up, and again, if anywhere in that distance that it's preset, that car comes into the, that distance, the Waymo van will just be like, okay, I'm going to cancel and go back into the center lane because, for safety reasons. Uh, for me, this is a very jerky, uh, not a, a super fun ride, and it makes me kind of feel sick, and this, I, I don't get car sick. But in these Waymo vans, I've been car sick every ride I've had. And I haven't had a lot, so to be fair to Waymo. Um, also, to be fair to Waymo, I am very supportive of what they're doing. I, I like seeing the Waymo vans. My kids get very excited to see the Waymo vans. So, um, But the, my Waymo experience as a rider is not great. And then another thing that it's weird to me uh, is when you get in the van, you're not supposed to talk to the driver. And sometimes there's even a technician in the car. You're not supposed to talk to either one of those, uh, folks. And it feels, I feel like I'm being rude by ignoring them. Um, but you know, they have a job. To, I don't feel like they're being rude by any means because they have a job to do, but I feel like I'm being rude, which makes me uncomfortable in the car. Um, so what is a Fry's Electronics? Mark has actually been to Fry's Electronics. He knows, but he says a lot of people in different countries may not know, which is true. Uh, and I should be better explaining this stuff. Fry's Electronics is like a big super store for electronics. You can buy computers, TVs, cameras. Um, you could buy circuits, breadboards. You could buy all the components you need to build a computer. I mean, it's just like, it's like an electronics store to the nth degree. It's just nerd heaven if i'm being honest and um i highly suggest uh checking it out if you get a chance and you're in uh an area that has a fries definitely go to the 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 store and check it out now there's fries grocery stores those are different and not as fun but it's probably a better place to get a a cake mix i'm gonna take a real quick drink because my throat's dry Okay. The last thing is the 2170 batteries. Mark, now keep in mind, Mark sent this email before we got all these revelations uh, this week. Um, But Mark thinks that the 2170 batteries will be used in the Model S and the Model X. Um, We'll talk more about this later. And I was on board uh, with Mark's thoughts all the way up until this week. And I would imagine that he's probably changed his mind a little bit too. But if he haven't, Mark, let me know. Um. Yeah, so more on that later. Let's talk about Rivian. Okay. I know somebody, barely know somebody. We were chatting, and we were talking about electric cars, and he just mentions that Rivian is testing their cars in Arizona, their trucks and SUV. And I was like, wait, you know about Rivian? 
And uh, that was as much as the conversation went. But uh, I'm going to keep my eyes out and check and see. I know Arizona is a popular place to test vehicles. Number one, the wintertime is pretty um, tempered, temperate climate. We have good climate in the wintertime, but also in the summertime, it's super hot. So they get to test their vehicles when it's really hot outside. So I know that VW was here at one point. There are other companies here as well. I can't remember what they all are. But, um, yeah. So I'm going to keep my eye out for Rivian. Camouflaged, of course. Next up, Inside EVs. And I kid you not, the author's name is Gasku, which I'm guessing is a pretend name because it's all one word. But Lin Bin, founder of NEO, is going to buy 50 or has bought 50 million shares and then transferred those shares into a trust fund for NEO users um, and customers. I don't know exactly what that means, but their goal with the fund is to deepen the connection between users and NEO. So I'm going to assume that's like that's a fund that's kind of set up on the side if you have a car that's out of warranty, but the right thing to do is to fix it. And NEO says, well, we have this fund over here with all this money in it. Let's just fix it, and we'll just pull the money out of that. I don't know if that's really what the reason, the, the point of it is, but that's my guess. But one of the reasons why I really like Neo and I invested my own money into the company is they are working hard on that customer uh, relationship between Neo and the customer and making that a positive experience. That's a, one of the reasons why a lot of people like Tesla. Um, when you and, and Zappos, for instance, if you know what Zappos is, it's a, sh- a shoe store online. They have wonderful customer service and that makes a huge difference. Like imagine going into a store and you have to return something. You've already got your, your, your reasons why they're going to tell you that you need to pound sand. They're not going to return whatever item or you're on your own. You're going to have to fix it or pay money out of your own pocket. And you go in and the customer service person is great and they just fix your problem. That's a wonderful experience. Way better than the other ones, for sure. So, um, another Neo story from Inside EV's Mark Kane. Neo released an over-the-air update. However, one unlucky driver tried to update the car during a traffic jam. Not something that I would recommend, or now this driver would recommend, because traffic was super heavy. Everybody was stopped. Uh, They tried to do the update and then the car was completely immobilized. It would not move, making the traffic jam even worse now. Once cars started moving, this car was stuck and it couldn't go anywhere. So I guess the moral of this story is update your car over the, you know, do your over-the-air updates responsibly, not when you're out and about. Reuters. This is a Reuters story. Let's see. Electrify America, which is VW's EV charging efforts. They're going to be using Tesla power packs for energy storage. The power packs will be used at more than 100 stations. Brendan Jones, Electrify America's chief operating officer, said that uh, because of demand pricing. Now, if you don't know what demand pricing or peak pricing of electricity is, because I don't know how prevalent this is in other places in the world, but in Arizona, we have demand, or in the United States, not just Arizona, we have demand pricing where the price of electricity goes up significantly during certain periods of the day. And they say that's because there's a strain on the grid and they try to um, relieve that strain by charging more money. 
I say it's a greedy attempt to get more money. That's what I say. But uh, Brendan Jones says that it could cost between $70 and $110 to charge your vehicle during these peak or demand times, which is ridiculous. So the power pack, the goal of the power packs would be to help keep those costs low so that you don't get hit with some huge bill just to charge your vehicle. Next up, Autoblog, Alex Kirsten. Kirsten. Okay. Some awesome person took a picture of a camouflage Ford F-150 plugged into an electric charger. Now, the charging port port is in the front left bumper, which is cool, and I think Rivian has something similar. But there's a tailpipe on this truck. Now, that maybe that was bolted on, or maybe this is some sort of, you know, bolted on by mean fake. There's not really a tailpipe. They just put one on there to make it look like a gas truck, an ice truck. Or maybe that it's a hybrid of some sort. But, uh, yeah, we knew that Ford was uh, planning on building an electric F-150, and it looks like one of their mules is out and about and showing off at the Chargers. So bring on the F-150s. Next up, Autoblog, Sven Gustafsson. Lucid Motors, they want to share their technology with other other auto manufacturers. And by share, I mean sell their technology to other auto manufacturers, specifically the powertrain. No word on which companies Lucid is talking to or working with. There was a rumor a year or so ago that Ford was going to buy Lucid Motors, but that didn't end up panning out. Uh, It sounds like Lucid will start production on their factory in Casa Grande, Arizona, in mid-2019, they'll be ramping up. Um, they think they're going to have a car by the end of 2020. Uh, car, cars beginning to be produced by the end of 2020. But they'll ramp up production in 2021 and 2022. Their goal is to deliver 50,000 cars out of their factory a year. If you remember, uh, they got a bunch of money from the Saudis right before um, the incident where the Saudis allegedly killed the journalist. So... Um, and so far, haven't seen a whole lot more talked about that. Moving on. This is an electric Phil Deziki. hope I said that right. There's a, um, there's a new auto, uh, car, car rental, new car. Thank goodness gracious. My name, name, my name, my brain went blank. There's a new car company out there, um, and they're only renting EVs, so that's exciting. So if you're traveling to Luxembourg, Brussels, or Hamburg, you'll be able to rent an EV through this company. It's called UFO Drive. Uh, You'll be able to rent an EV at the airport. You just show up wherever they tell you to show up. You use your phone, and you unlock the car, and you drive away. Fun stuff. You download the UFO app um, and to make it even easier. And then you're good to go. So that's that. This is all great news. I like to see this kind of stuff. Hopefully, it won't be too expensive. And they're looking at other locations in Europe and then also the United States. But right now, it's like I said, Luxembourg, Brussels, and Hamburg. Let's talk about some Tesla stuff here. Well, I got gotcha. you. Tesla now has an Amazon store. So if you go to Amazon, you type in Tesla. Eventually, you'll find. Tesla Automotive or Tesla Motors or whatever they're called now. Uh, eventually, you'll find the Tesla store on Amazon. So you'll be able to buy things like hats, you know, 
coffee cups, water cups, a bunch of things labeled with Tesla that you just want to uh, you want to own, but they're a little overpriced. Speaking of that, I bought a Tesla hat, black on black. It's a black hat, says Tesla with black lettering. Looks really cool, kind of like a trucker hat. I bought one of those, and I'm going to be giving it away here pretty soon. I don't have all the details on the giveaway, but I'm going to be giving that away to a lucky listener. So, but this is this makes me happy, and the only reason why I put this in the show notes is because it's very expensive for me to order something from Tesla and then have it shipped directly to you, the listener. I don't know why it's so expensive, but it is really expensive. To give you an idea, the first contest I did, uh, I was in the Christmas spirit, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give away more things because I want to do that. And I did, and I gave every person that entered the contest something. And uh, the shipping, in some cases, was twice as much as the product that I purchased for them, which was ridiculous. And I was like, oh, I really need to be more careful and not open my mouth. (laughs) I need to do my research before I open my mouth. But I'm happy to do it because I appreciate people that listen to this show and participate. So I was happy to uh, send that stuff out. But yeah, it's not cheap. So hopefully this presence on the Amazon store will be a little bit more affordable and I can do more things. Because I do have a budget um, that doesn't come out of the Patreon. But I do have a budget, personal budget, of put a little bit of money aside and... uh, like this is what I'm, I have a budget to give away stuff for the year. And every month I put a little bit aside and it goes in an envelope on my desk and there you go. But, um, yeah, what else? Where do we, oh, and the last time I checked, they only had a few items from the actual Tesla store on there, but I'm sure as time goes on, they'll add more stuff. Uh, Fred Lambert, the model three has arrived in Europe. That's exciting. And unfortunately, it's probably going to take a little bit of time to process those vehicles. But European um, Model 3 reservation holders, that uh, they, you should be getting your car soon. So that's exciting. Uh, Simon Alvarez, the referral program is ended. And now the starting price for the mid-range Model 3 is a $1,100 less. So it becomes a little bit more affordable to buy that mid-range Model 3. Still, when I add the options up for myself, the car is still over $50,000, and that doesn't even include tax. So it's still outside of my price range, but it's exciting. Uh, And I would, honestly, if I'm being 100% honest, I would rather have the referral program back up and running than... $1,100 removed from the price of the car. That's just me. I could, I mean, other people might not share that same thing, but the referral program was fun and exciting, even though I could, I never got one referral and that's okay. Um, I'm not really, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not really hurt over it or anything, but I didn't, I don't, I, I, it was fun to see all the cool things that people got. So, um, speaking of referral programs, uh, last week I mentioned, you know, if you have something that you want to promote on the show that has something to do with this show to email me. And a lot of times I'll get emails that are, this is a complete side jag, but a lot of times I'll get emails and I'm like, this person does not listen to the show. And, uh, when that happens, I'm like, well, I, I, I'm at the risk of sounding rude to a listener. I'm not going to respond to this because it is very generic. 
like, hey, I listened to your podcast. It is very, whatever, concise and organized, which I know that that's completely false because I am so not organized and I, I tend to, like I'm doing right now, ramble. So that's not concise or organized. But I got an email today, and I have no reason to believe that this person is lying to me. They have an iPhone app. And if you are still listening, you know who you are. So what I would like you to do, if you sent me this email and you have this iPhone app, or it's I guess it's also an Android app, um, and you sent it to me today, if you could just send me a follow-up email so that I know that you actually listened to the show, I'd really appreciate that. And then we can talk about it. Um, you were very kindly offered me an, an offer code for this app that uh, has to do with you know Teslas and things like that. Um, but again, uh, if it's just this random uh, person emailing me uh, and they're just trying to get a little promotion or whatever, um, I mean, I think that's great. But if you don't listen to the show, I'm not going to help promote your stuff. But... Uh, yeah, but I have no reason to believe that this person's lying. I'm just, this one I'm on the fence about. So if you sent me that email, send me a follow-up email saying you heard this episode. And then uh, let's chat. Because I think what you're doing is really neat. But I just want to make sure that you are, in fact, a listener and not just somebody who got really lucky and happened to email me right after I made an announcement that I would ha- be happy to talk about your stuff. All right, moving along. Because that was quite the side jag. Uh, the Verge, Sean O'Kane, he has a story. Um, if you haven't, if you don't read The Verge, you should. They have really good stuff. A lot of long form stuff too. Tesla was fined for violating labor laws. Now, before you get all excited about that, uh, California OSHA found six violations in the last half of 2018, and according to Business Insider, here's what they were: no permit for the the tent, which is not a tent; it's a building. So they didn't get a permit to build that or to erect it or to pitch it if it's a tent. Uh, Failed to inspect it for potential hazards, the tent. This is all around that that tent um, structure that Tesla built. Failed to cover a 22-inch wide by 14-inch long, 8-inch deep hole. And we talked about uh, somebody had complained that there was a hole that uh, wasn't covered. It sounded like they made it sound like it was a hole that you would fall into the abyss, but that's not a very deep hole, but you can injure yourself having a hole like that. So they didn't cover it. Um, Failed to train employees on evacuation procedures. Uh, They trained employees on how to, failed to train employees on how to prevent and respond to heat illnesses. And there was exposed rebar and rods that could potentially uh, injure employees. Tesla said no injuries were actually reported in relation to any of these violations. Tesla's reconfirmed its dedication to safety, and the company was fined $29,365, which is barely a slap on the wrist. That's more like a rub on the hand. Like, okay, you're okay. Do better. Moving on, Fred Lambert from electric the model s and model x now have a lower price so you can choose between a software limited battery pack and or debundle ludicrous mode from the performance model and save a little bit of money so the software limited model s now goes 310 miles and before i think it only went like 335 miles it wasn't like a lot more 
But for 310 mile range, you can now buy it for um, $85,000 software limited battery. Uh, you can purchase an extended range and get another 20 ish miles for $8,000 more, so $93,000. The Model X, the base range now is 270 miles. Um, you can purchase an extended range um, option and get that for 8000 And I want to say, oh, man, hold on one second. I didn't write down the price. Let's see here. The price is, hello, Tesla. I want to order mine. There we go. So the price is 88000 without the extended range, which that gets you 270 miles. With the extended range, it gets you another 25-ish miles at 295, and that will cost you 96000 So 88 to 96 for that 8000 option. I don't know that that 20, 25 miles, I don't know if that's worth an $8,000 option to me, to be honest. But uh, maybe if you live somewhere in the rural, that extra 20 miles makes a difference. Um, let's see. Yeah. And again, this goes back to, I thought like many others and Mark that Tesla was going to start using the 2170 model S and model X batteries. Um, but like I said, no longer do I think that, um, they're just going to keep the 100 battery pack until these other, this other technology that we're going to talk about in a second, um, is something that they can put into production. So Fred Lambert, from electric on february 1st tesla patented a new battery cell technology according to the patent the new cell will have faster charging and discharging better longevity and long lower cost uh jeff dan who leads the don dan d-a-h-n leads the tesla battery research group and just so you know the group is located in halifax nova scotia on the east coast of canada Um, Jeff is a veteran in the lithium ion space and he's responsible for several advances in increasing this, the battery cell life site and life cycle. So, um, but the, this is some information about the patent, the Novell battery systems, or excuse me, the patent is titled Novell battery based Novell battery systems based on two additive electrolyte systems. Now, I wrote down... I'll read it anyway. Okay, so here's what the patent kind of says in the description. Two additive electrolyte systems that enhance performance and lifetime of lithium-ion batteries while reducing costs from other systems and relying on that rely on more additives. This disclosure also discloses effective positive electrode and negative electrodes that work well with the disclosed two additive electrolyte systems to provide further systematic enhancements. So, yeah. Currently, uh, there requires there's about five additives that are needed to improve uh, battery life from the very little I understand. This new system would, like I said, only require two. Tesla uh, talked about 
uh, in a couple of earnings calls ago, or maybe it was at the investor meeting, I can't remember which, about how they're eliminating or basically all but eliminating cobalt from the system uh, from their batteries. And they said that they thought that they could get that down even further. So I'm guessing this is what they were talking about or hinting towards. Um, the batteries can be used for EV storage or power storage. Cause I guess the, the chemical, um, breakdown in the batteries, like there's a 2170 cell, but it's more engineered for, um, uh, like the power walls. And then there's another 2170 cell that's engineered more towards the, like the model three. So, um, I can't, I, I, I wrote here that I'm not going to go into the sciencey stuff. And really the thing is, is I can't go into the sciencey stuff of this battery technology because I barely understand the little that I've already told you, but we are going to talk about some other stuff here in terms of uh, batteries. And that is from Fred Lambert at electric and electric drive, electrive, E L E C T R I V E.com. Chris Randall. Uh, this is kind of an amalgamation of two stories this story came out on February 4th. So according to uh, these two uh, news organizations, Tesla is acquiring Maxwell Technologies. Maxwell Texo- Technologies is a ultra capacitor and battery component manufacturer. So what is an ultra capacitor? The answer is I didn't know, so I had to look it up. So let's listen to a little video from... Enable LPC, and uh, this gentleman is going to explain on YouTube. This gentleman's going to explain what an ultra capacitor is. I'm Dr. Mark Doherty. I work with Enable IPC. We're developing a supercapacitor. Um, supercapacitors store a lot of energy and a lot of power. They're in some ways like a battery in that they can store energy for significant periods of time, but they, they can give out their energy much quicker. Batteries have chemical reactions, and Batteries take a long time to discharge, relatively speaking. The supercapacitors that we're working on can discharge very quickly, so you can get large bursts of power with them. They also have uh, very low maintenance and very long lifetimes. Batteries can charge and discharge a few thousand times. Supercapacitors can charge and discharge half a million to a million times. So we're very excited about applications for supercapacitors in energy storage, things you might think of for batteries. could be renewable energy, could be hybrid cars, other applications where you need a lot of power and a, a significant amount of energy also. Okay, so supercapacitors and ultracapacitors, that's kind of a, a branding thing, the way that they're basically the same thing from what I understand. It's just different companies call them different things. Now, here's another article from uh, Jim Bates, or not another article, another interview. Jim Bates was interviewing a gentleman from Maxwell Technologies, and they were talking about ultra capacitors or super capacitors. And I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's two minutes and 52 seconds, but I'm going to play the last little bit here because um, they talk about what Maxwell Technologies, this was from 2015. So what Maxwell Technologies thinks the ultra capacitor could be used for um, in the future because they had developed it, you know, starting... They're starting to talk about it at least in 2015. So let's let's hear that. So Marty, in a nutshell, tell us a little bit about where you think the future is with Maxwell and the industry in general with ultracapacitors. Well, ultracapacitors really can play very well with the battery technology. 
Uh, more on hold on a second. <laughs> I got. I saw something. Uh, a little bit about where you think the future is with Maxwell and the industry in general with ultra capacitors. Well, ultra capacitors really can play very well with the battery technology. Uh, they're electrostatic energy storage devices, which allows the ultra capacitor to operate down to minus 40 degrees C to plus 65 degrees C. And they're very power-dense devices, meaning they can be used in very uh, short durations, uh, peak power requirements or backup power requirements for short durations of time. So we can help complement batteries uh, by allowing the ultracapacitor to handle the peak load requirements, taking that load off the batteries and helping them extend life and also potentially reducing the size of the battery needed for the automobile. So the technology is here now, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, there you have it. You guys okay. have asked. How come they don't? Sorry, I was preloading another video that I saw that I'm going to put in the show notes. So um, just something I just saw here, Fully Charged, uh, which is a great show on YouTube. They have a uh, video of ultra capacitors from, I guess, a company called Skeleton. I'm not going to play the video here. But that's what you were hearing me loading up in the background. I'll actually put that link in the show notes. So if you want to watch that, you can. And that... <laughs> all of, that's what all the noise was because the the auto play for YouTube just came on, which is annoying. Okay, moving along here. I thought Tesla, or uh, not Tesla. I thought uh, Apple was supposed to stop that. Oh, you know what? I'm in Chrome. Never mind. Moving along. Um, so that's what Maxwell uh, thinks that they could do with this. They also have dry electrode battery technology. Now, um, this is this is what they say about dry electrode um, and what it is. Unlike conventional slurry cast wet coated electrode, Maxwell's DBE offers significantly dry DBE battery electrode offers significantly high loading and high loading and proceeds a produces a thick electrode that allows for high energy density cells without compromising physical properties and electrothermal performance. Maxwell's DBE exhibits better discharge rate capability than those of wet coated electrodes. Maxwell has demonstrated the scalability by producing robust self-supporting dry coated electrode film in roll form with excellent long-term electrothermal cycle performance and establishing uh, and established large pouch cell prototypes greater than blah, blah, blah format. So um, really that really doesn't tell us why those things are great. So here's what I understand about dry uh, electrode, um, dry battery electrode technology or whatever it's called. Um, first of all, the electrodes are dry, which we already talked about that. They don't use solvents. Uh, they significantly improves lithium ion performance. It reduces productivity costs. It's faster charging and discharging, increases range, and improves durability. That really sounds familiar from the last article we were talking about, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds real close to something that Tesla has recently patented. So... Um, from what I understand, dry electrodes don't have a history, a great history, and have a tendency to fail. 
Um, Fred Lambert in his article says that uh, they fail under high charge and discharge rates and after many charging cycles. So that's in his article. Tesla is going to be buying Maxwell Technology for $200 million in stock. The Tesla will buy uh, the stock, Maxwell Technology stock at $4.75. The stock last week was trading around $3 right now. It's right around four. Fifty or something like that. If I had to guess, um, this is going to be the technology that's going to be used in the Model S and Model X once all the bugs are worked out. So the twenty seventies will remain twenty one seventies. Excuse me, will be remained in the Model Threes and Power Walls, and then this new technology is going to be used for the Model S and Model Xs. That's my guess. Simply because Elon said in the earnings last earning call that they would not use a twenty one seventy. And he said it in a very weird way. Um, he said that they would not use the 2170 in the Model S or Model X. And I don't know, maybe I have that here. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I don't see it off the top, man. Demand vehicles, mid range. Hmm. Yeah. You know what? It's this clip is two minutes and 51 seconds and I don't even know if it's in there. So I'm not going to play it because we are already well into this show. So I want to thank everybody for listening to kilowatt. If you want to email me Bodhi at 918digital.com. That's B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. If you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. And uh, we'll talk more about the contest next week after I've kind of figured out some details. And if you're the gentleman that sent me the email about your Tesla app, um, please send me a follow-up and so I know it's legit and not uh, somebody that actually doesn't listen to the show. They just skimmed my information off of iTunes. So I'd really like to talk to you about it, though it looks fascinating. Uh, yeah, but that's the whole thing. You, I want everybody to have a great day and a great week. Don't forget there's that uh, car show. The information will be in the show notes. Thanks everyone for listening. I am blabbing so I can find my Farago app so we can get out of here. Here we go. Hey, there it is. Hey everybody, have a great week. Um, thanks so much for listening to the show. 